Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the PGA DraftCast brought to you by WinDailySports.com. Just a quick reminder that WinDaily Sports doesn't just cover golf. They cover the NFL, the NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, NASCAR, you name the sport. WinDaily Sports has projection models, optimizers, articles, and our famous Discord chat to cover it all. Now, if you click the promo link below and you type in Win Big or Green, you will get one week free of WinDaily. And then after that, it is just $5.99 per week for all of that, including some of our betting content. Now, let's get to the PGA DraftCast, where we have proven track records with Joel, Spencer, David, and myself. Let's have some fun. Get in the chat. Make sure you subscribe to the page, and make sure you hit the like button. Let's do this snake draft. Let's do the PGA DraftCast. Let's do it right now. PGA Nation! We are back and it is perfect timing because all of you whose NCA brackets got busted we just got a whole new bracket back for you you get another try we're starting tomorrow morning and if we're gonna do another bracket on the draft cast we're bringing in the big guns like we do we brought a special guest on tonight Steffi thanks for joining us how you doing tonight of course I've stood you guys up uh now I think we're almost on counting at least twice so the least I could do was come on for match play with my co-host Spencer so I'm very excited to be on thank you so much for having me it is a pleasure to have we're gonna need to hear some of your picks this week because I'm gonna be honest with you my March Madness bracket was busted like on Friday so I got a new bracket that I am willing to I am excited to get out there and make some money on. See, how you doing tonight? Doing really well. Uh, as you all know, I had a really good DFS week last week. So I'm trying to bring that momentum here. And if, for those of you that are watching, you're like, oh, you're five wide. Like, how is this actually going to work? Well, unfortunately, audience, you're with me again. So what we're going to have is Spencer and Smalls together. Joel and David are going to be teaming up for another team. And then there's going to be three teams total because I am teaming up with the audience Hopefully you have brackets in front of you because we want to be optimal. We'll talk about that in a second. But if not, I can cover your base and I can sort of veto something that doesn't make sense from an optimal build standpoint. But, Joel, I'm really excited. This is a really cool format. I think it's really cool that Win Daily, like our team, is, is kind of turning match play into match play when it comes to the draft cast. So this is just we're raising the bar. It's super cool. I love it. I'm excited to hear from Spencer tonight because Spencer had his run. That run is long over. There's a new king in the draft cast right now, and that is me. But Spencer, I'd love to hear how you plan. I know you brought in Steffi to try and take me down, which was a good move. I have to give yeah, you that. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to pan out. What do you think of it this week? First of all, Joel, I don't know what you're talking about. That's fake news of <laughs> everything with that. But no, I think Steffi and I, our, our chemistry together is going to outweigh what you guys are able to put together. Like Joel and David have never drafted together. They're used to being opponents. You watch that in the NBA all the time. You can't just throw two players on a team. Uh, we know C and the audience can't get along any of these weeks. So I think That's this true. is an easy win for us. Oh, you know, Spencer, I've been working with you now for some time. And you adding this new comedy wrinkle to your routine is good. It's, it's a good <laughs> addition to your repertoire. So nicely done there. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Sup, teammate. How's it going? Um, I'm excited. Um, ignore everything Spencer's just said. Joel and I have already met earlier today. We've sorted our strategy. We've discussed picks. We've discussed what we're going to do if you take certain actions. We know that you guys haven't had team meetings yet, and we are like already ahead of the eight ball on this. So let's go. Draft Master Flex, Deep Dive Golf. 
winning lineup straight up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Before we dive in this week, uh, of course, I'm going to give myself another shameless plug. I don't know if you guys have been playing the new Rainmakers PGA game. It is fantastic. If you want to get into it, feel free to message me. I'll talk to you about it. I've been playing. Just so happens to be I took down the biggest tournament of the week last week for 15K. So we're going back at it again this week for the Dell Match Play. Again, same strategy. We'll see if it pays off. Now, before we dive into the draft, which we're going to do three-headed, Spence, can you give us a course breakdown? What are you looking for on the course this week? I'll keep it very simple. So there are 110 bunkers at the property and five water hazards. Players who can play strategic situational golf should be at an advantage. But I think with all that being said, I don't know if this is your typical event where it makes sense to take a core of what a model is telling you, since the real answer will come down to how someone matches up against an opponent. I've kind of given that answer over and over again to where think of March Madness and these teams that are just a stylistical problem for somebody else. That's kind of what I'm looking for here. Like an example of that would be if you look at McCarthy's group, uh, he's by far the best putter of those four names from five to 15 feet. I kind of created a power ranking for every single player, tried to find where the edges were with it. But, you know, I, I think more so than anything, which we've already alluded to a little bit is you just have to be optimal with your builds. You need six players that can make the quarterfinals. You need all four of your players that can make the semifinals. If you're doing that, you're already beating like 10 to 20% of the players out there that aren't going to be building optimally with it. So like, that's the biggest thing to keep in mind over anything else. I do have one question before we dive in. I was hoping to hear your response. I know you mentioned putting a big topic with match plays. Usually making big putts is critical in these match play style events. How much more, if any, are you waiting putting this week? I waited a lot, like the most I ever weigh it for something. So I broke it down from five to 15 feet. Uh, That was a big one. When I did strokes gain total, I put 35% of that strokes gain total amount into putting in general with it. Uh, There's a lot of other outlier categories that I ran that included it, but it's the most I've probably ever had for a tournament in putting. Not that it's like a substantial amount to where it breaks my model. Like you still find the players that you would expect up at the top, but there are certain golfers, which I'll leave nameless right now that did fall in my model for whatever reason with the putting, just not being where I wanted it to be. I love it. I love it. That is super helpful. I'm also waiting putting much more this week. That doesn't mean like I'm only playing good putters. Like there's obviously other routes to take, but I think putting is a bit more important than normal. Uh, but without further ado, let's dive into this draft. I'm going to pull the draft board up now. Um, the order for tonight that I picked, because you know what, audience? You guys have been so good for the last couple of weeks to us. You guys have been picking great, getting your picks in. I want to show you how much I appreciate the efforts of the audience. I went ahead as your champion, reigning champion, uh, might I add, and I gave you the first pick. So you guys and see will pick first. Steffi and, and uh, Spencer are going to pick second. And then me and David are going to get it third on the wheel and come on back. Without further ado, Steffi and, Sp- and Spencer, you're second, you're not first. Audience, you're on the clock. All right, audience. I mean, this one should be easy, right? Because I'm sure, like, I know the audience. They, they always, there's always somebody they really like that they want to jump after. It's usually somebody that's pretty chalky which is not a, it's not a knock, um, but you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where we could probably afford to be chalky here. This is a, a different tournament, but definitely consider 
leverage off of chalky guys. I just want to put that out to the audience right now. I mean, if you know somebody's going to be chalky in a certain group, there's an argument to be made, maybe not for this draft cast, but just in general, for you to maybe take a player in that group that you know people aren't taking because that guy in that group is really chalky. I think those are some some things to think about when it comes to match play. Again, you want to build optimally, which means, in short, it really means the six guys you pick in DFS, they all have to be able to make it to the grade eight. Okay, so your fi- the, the final eight that, that we're going to see on, I guess that would be Saturday, you, may, you need to make sure that you have six guys that can make it there. Okay, so we have some nominations in, and it looks like I was right. It, oh, wait a minute. We Oh, okay, so it looks like Scotty Scheffler was nominated. I thought it was Max Homa, but it looks like Scotty Scheffler from Jimmy and from Ed is going to be our guy, 11,100. Uh, we get Scotty Scheffler. Listen, I, I don't really have a big problem with this one. Uh, you know what? Instead of me kind of pontificating about Scheffler, I mean, I definitely think he could take this down. Steph, I want to go to you right right off the bat. Um, Scotty Scheffler, does he win this tournament or are you just fading him? I'm in on him. It's going to be hard to find a week that I'm not using any type of odds boost on Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wins, which will probably lead to our picks Spencer and I have a similar idea of how we think this tournament is going to go. So I'll lead into our pick if I'm allowed to do that. I'm like taking over the show now. No, all yours. It's your pick. All right. So this is a guy, if you watched our show Match Play, ironically, you probably know where we are going with this. A guy that is playing some of the best complimentary golf right now. I almost said football. I got to switch my mind back to golf because I was on football about an hour ago. Uh, 11th best putter over the past 50 rounds. And that is who, Spencer? See, first of all, we don't even need to have a conversation about this. This is how (laughs) in tune we are with each other. We are going to be taking Max Homa. Yeah, certainly, certainly a popular guy. Uh, and he makes he makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at his group. I mean, talk about a layup. Listen, there's no such thing as a layup. Anybody can lose in any given group. But you got Max Homa with with Decky, Kisner and Sa. I mean, I think Sa could be scary. I'm really not worried about Kisner in spite of, of his match play prowess. And Decky, we just don't know where he's at. So, David, let me let me ask you, when it comes to Max Homa, he seems like an obvious play from a DFS standpoint. He seems so obvious that he's probably going to carry a ton of ownership too, right? Are you playing Max Homa, David? Yeah, I like Max Homa here. I, I think that his match play record is a bit deceptive. I mean, he he went to a three-hole playoff with Billy Horschel back in 2021, which he ended up losing, and then Billy Horschel went on to win the whole thing. So um, when you, you're looking at his record and you're like, oh, he's never made out of his group, just bear in mind it's, it's worth diving a bit deeper into how – those results have actually come about. Like this is a highly volatile tournament with highly volatile results that just come naturally from match play situations. And, and Max Home is kind of a, a different man this year, right? Like we've seen him just like turn into this elite top five player. Um, so, so I do really like the player. I think he's got a pretty clean run as well on that side of the quarter. So um, yeah, I don't mind that play whatsoever. Yeah. And Max Homo was four and zero during the president's cup. I know those are not all singles matches there, but uh, it's something to just consider. And I kind of agree with you, Sia. If somebody's going to spring the upset, I could see it being Justin's. Uh, he's mm-hmm. dangerous. That's a dangerous match tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And even in the Scheffler bracket, I think there's there's somebody in particular, which you know we don't need to call out necessarily right now, but I think could spring an upset. And you're getting so much leverage there if you play. And again, DraftCast is a little different from a format standpoint, but in your regular DFS lineups, if you decide to fade Scheffler or Max Homa, 
and you also decide to take somebody from that group and that it actually comes to fruition, I mean, you're really making out well because you're fading the chalk, but then you're also picking a guy that you know nobody's on because, of course, they're on the, the other chalky guys. So something to consider there. Uh, we are on Joel and David, apparently a power couple because they met earlier this week. By the way, before they give their pick, um, we have a lot of people watching, but I don't know if all of those people have hit the like button. So if everybody could hit the like button, that's certainly going to help our show in general and tonight. So please go ahead and do that. Uh, easy button, Joel, raises up. Does that mean you have an easy pick? No, that was saying it's easy to hit the like button. It was just okay. an easy direction. Um, but what I'm going to do real quick before our pick, and I hope this doesn't bite us in the butt by giving you our strategy, but I think it's helpful context for, for everyone listening what our strategy is to hear this out. So I see alluded to earlier, right? You do have to kind of pick by quadrant because the only way you're going to get optimal is having someone in each of these zones. So David and I talked before the show and we were like, so we're going to zig when everyone else zags. If if uh, the audience and if Spencer and Steffi are there going with upper tier guys, we're going to go to the other zones where they're going to have to go pick eventually. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pick the opposite approach. So we've, there's, they don't, I mean, I'm thinking you're not going to have enough money to go another elite player. So I'll save that for later. And I'm going to try and find my value play now in the other tier where, where you guys will be targeting. Now, there's other value plays you'll be able to go after. Uh, but I'm thinking I'll have money left that you won't later to go get those more expensive guys when we need them. So uh, we, we talked through a few options for our pick here. Um, and it looks like we settled on. But, Dave, I'll let you pick. Did you want to go with the Gala here? Yeah, I, th- I think that the Gala is like the perfect mix of just like extreme volatility. And he's not going to have any of those holes, which are like, you know, triple bogeys where he kind of throws away a tournament um, in match play that doesn't matter so much, but he does have that like huge birdie upside, which I really like. Um, I really like his draw. I don't think his group is like the toughest out of all of them. You know, Fitzpatrick, we've got injury concerns. His approach play hasn't been just quite the level it has been lately. Minwood Lee can spray it off the tee a little bit as well. And I don't know if this is necessarily the best spot for him, even though he has been playing very, very well. And um, JJ Spawn's been out of form for quite some time. So I couldn't, see Tagala coming out of that group quite easily. I um, mean, it probably comes down to Tagala and Fitzpatrick in that group for me, um, but he does have that massive upside. And then he, he kind of encounters um, another group in the round of 16 of Xander, Hoagie, Wise, Davis. I think he can probably rule out Wise at this point, given his current form. Um, but any of those other three could come out of that group and um, kind of kind of fine at that matchup at that point. So I really like him at 8,000 as a bit of value here. I'll, what I'll add to that is, you know, I like Thagala's upside, but this pick is really us picking the path of least resistance, right? If I'm looking for a guy who has the ability to come through um, and make an upset, he probably has to make the least amount of upsets to be able to come out of this bracket. And I think that's where Thagala became very attractive. Like I said, he, we've seen him spike ball striking, have those really big weeks. If he has one of those good weeks, you know, he just has a path that can get him there. So uh, I like that pick. And then we'll, we'll follow him up. Who are you thinking for, for number two, David? Well, I've got I've got two names. I'm thinking that we target this quarter again because um, again sticks with our zigzag kind of strategy. I'm okay with Hatton. I think he's going to be really chalky, but I'm really intrigued by Keegan Bradley at this tournament. I don't think we're seeing the best of Rory McIlroy at the moment. I think Stallings we can strike a line through, and then McCarthy. You know, it's just going to depend if he gets really hot with the putter or not. Denny's my biggest worry because he has improved with the iron play recently as well. But uh, I kind of like the idea of going two value picks on one side of the quarter and then just going like one stud 
in the other quarter. Um, but happy to defer to you on either Bradley or Haddon. Oh, Joel's out. He, he likes neither not... of those plays. Yeah, he, 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 uh, the he chemistry is horrible. That's exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> That's, yeah, He's so back. it's not working out. He hated yeah. that so much. Joel, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to to hurt your feelings that so, bad. So, Joel, is it is it Keegan Bradley ultimately? Is that the guy? Um, at this point, after me literally walking out on the pack, I have no choice but to accept <laughs> Keegan Bradley. <laughs> So, yes, yes, we're going with Keegan here. So let me just say before we get to um, Spencer and Small's pick, uh, Thigal is my favorite player in this entire tournament. I mean, I, like that would have been if, if I had a team here, um, I would have taken him with the first pick. And it's not a knock on Scotty, the Scotty pick or the Max Homa pick, but I am absolutely looking for that upside. And I'm, I'm absolutely looking for what appears to be the path of least resistance. And again, Thigala to a lot of people is just a guy, but he's a guy that attacks pins and can absolutely win a handful of holes in a row. And that's what you're looking for in match play. The blow up holes that he might have, they literally don't matter. It's just, you know, it's just one bad hole for him. It's not, it's not a triple bogey and, and three strokes added to his scorecard. So I really like the Thigala play. I don't mind the Keegan play either, but Thigala for me is, is what one of the guys to definitely take in this tournament. All right. We've got um, the match play. Wizards, Spencer, Smalls. Who's it going to be after Max Homa? All right, Stephanie. What do you think? Yeah. So, so this is what I think, and I don't want to give away too many trade secrets here of where we're going to go, but mm -hmm. I want to comment on the pick with the gala that David and Joel just made. So when you look at the Fitzpatrick group, that is the easiest pod that I have of all 16 of them. So I kind of think that that right side of the bracket, specifically that lower right side of the bracket, is probably where the advantage is going to be found, uh, whether it's at the Gala or somebody else. I think we should make a pick from the Xander group down to the Rory group. And I mean, that probably puts us in a position where knowing what your bracket was and knowing what my bracket was, it's one of two names. So I think it should either be Tom Hoagie that we pick or I know you were very big on Denny McCarthy. I was. I think that here let's ride with Denny and his putter. We're going to hope that that takes us home here because we know that if that putter is hot, um, there's really no stopping Denny here. So I'm going to ride with Denny. I might regret that later, but we'll see how it goes. We'll roll with you on that one. It saves us a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I was about to nominate Dem Denny in the chat, and then she just rattled off Denny McCarthy, so I can't put that in the chat. So I, I think that's a great pick. I think he's also going to be pretty popular because people want a low-cost option. They don't necessarily believe in, in Rory, and so I think Denny kind of makes it out of that group in most people's minds. So that's and, – and for the record, um, I put out some outright plays on, on Twitter, actually. I put three out there, and two of them, two of the three, and they, they were kind of long shot-ish, but were Denny McCarthy and Sahith Gala, 100 to 1 and 65 to 1, respectively. So I think it's possible in match play that these guys could go pretty far. So audience, we've got some nominations coming in. And I, I don't – I'm going to go ahead and second one that I really like, but I don't know that I'm there yet. I guess I don't mind the hat and play. That's still going to be pretty chalky, but that's okay. Let's go with what's what's Terrell Hatton's cost here. Does anybody know his price? Nine thousand. Yeah, we're getting really expensive here. That Scheffler play really kind of prohibits us from making like a a, a great 
balanced lineup at the top. Yeah, we can't take Cam Young because of that. So let's go Hatton and we'll, we'll see what happens. He's certainly on the right quadrant. Um, he's going to be the really the kind of popular guy in that lower right-hand corner where everybody has been drafting from over the last three picks. I think Hatton's a fine play. Um, it leaves us with 74-75, it looks like. We really got to go low with one of these picks. It doesn't have to be right now, but we really got to go low with one of these picks. I see – I'll just call him out. I see Montgomery. I see Corey Connors. Montgomery's very interesting to me. Let me just look at his cost real quick. If anybody knows it right off the bat of 7,400. Yeah, I suppose we can afford him. I think Montgomery is interesting. We're talking about emphasizing the putter. That Spieth, Lowry, Montgomery, Hughes group could be really anybody's game. Svensson's interesting. Let's go with the audience. They, they, they've, they've nominated Svensson in the right way. So Patrick Scott, Theo, um, I think that's going to be the pick. Unless Corey Connors was, yeah, no. It's going to be Adam Svensson. Adam Svensson for us. And it's a good price, too. Yeah, I think he's one of the better leverage plays on the board. It's like I've kind of given that argument on every single show when Steffi and I did the show together. It was the shocking pick that I don't think many people saw me taking because you would think I would take Jason Day. But <laughs> when I ran my numbers, Svensson was the most likely person to get out of the group. And I know that's like an outrageous comment to give on it, but it was super close between Morikawa, Day, and Svensson. So I think from a leverage standpoint and a price standpoint with it, you're getting a player that does have the ability to advance. And once you get out of the group, anything can happen. And real quick, we have a question from Jerry Garvin. It's a good question. He says, Svensson is in the same bracket as Scotty, isn't he? Yes, that, that, that is correct. But he can meet Scotty in the grade eight. What's important is that he's not in an adjacent group with Scotty. If he was in the group right below Scotty, taking Svensson would not have been optimal. But because he's in the Morikawa group, which was one group removed from that, now he can advance and then advance again and meet Scotty in the grade eight get knocked out by Scotty. Scotty gets to the final four. We still maintain an optimal build, but it's a really good question. And with our next three guys, especially with our cash limitations, we got to think of where these guys are. Clearly that Scheffler quadrant we're done with. We can't take a guy from there anymore. And then with Hatton, we can't take a guy in the group below him, which is the McElroy, Bradley, McCarthy, Stallings um, group, which we wouldn't have anyway, because those guys have kind of been taken at this point. All right, Spencer Smalls, it's on you. All right, Steffi. I so I think we should wait on Tom Hoagie for a second. I agree. Um, let's take him with our next pick after this, but let's go over to the left side of the bracket, I guess, or to the top right side. Do you have any leans that you like? Oh God, let's see. Like, there's a here's a couple players for me. Like, I like Sung Jay a little bit. Um, I know you do. I could get behind Sunjay. I feel like while we were doing our show, I kind of regretted not having him advance. So I would be okay with Sunjay. What would be your next option? I guess Cameron Young. Forget it. Let's yeah, let's go Sunjay. I don't want to do Cameron. <laughs> Sunjay is good. Let's do it. Good pick. I, I think he's going to be – I'm not looking at the ownership that Steven published at Wind Daily Sports right now, but I think he's going to be relatively low-owned, right? And, uh, I mean, I, I think he's a pretty good course fit. I think Sungjae is a good pick. David, how are you feeling about Sungjae in this tournament? I'm, I'm okay with Sungjae. I just – I think there's maybe better plays on the board, in my opinion. Um, there, there's others I like. I, I think there's actually, like, a sneaky, tough group to be honest, like mm -hmm. 
Poston's like kind of popping at the moment. Like he, it was really disappointing at, at the players where his driving accuracy wasn't like quite on, quite on point. But then like came booming back at the Valspar, and Poston's one of these players who kind of likes to. He kind of like shows you really clearly his form just before um, he comes out. So um, his approach play kind of spiking recently is intriguing. Then you got McNeely who can just put lights out. Fleetwood's in great form. Like it's a really, really tough group. And I'm almost like a, I might just avoid that group altogether and then like pick Scheffler and then maybe like some Tomkin to get like Contrarian in that top group and just kind of rely on that from that top side of that bracket. Yeah, yeah there's definitely, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's the sixth most difficult group that I have. So I kind of agree to that sentiment. And uh, I mean, the hope behind this would be that Scheffler doesn't get out of his little pod there. I think that would open things up much easier. Now that's kind of an answer that we don't know to be the case, but like when I ran my numbers, Scotty was 38% to get out of his group. Like that's at least noteworthy that it's not over 50% with it. So it's like the field versus Scotty is still the favorite. Yeah. Okay. Joel, you were so upset with the Keegan Bradley pick that you literally left the show because you, you had to have a moment. So I feel like I have to at least hand you the floor first while you discuss this with David. So, mine and David's team chemistry took a hit with the Keeping Bradley pick, obviously. Um, I will have the record show that my streak of wins should not be reflected on this week because of that. Now, with that being said, our next pick, we, we've, we've already had some disagreements in the back channels. Uh, our chemistry right now is looking like the Los Angeles Lakers. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but we, we're getting close. We're getting close. So... The guy I was thinking, and I know David mentioned him earlier, so I'm going to go with our first pick, and I'm going to take my favorite value play of the week, and that's JT Poston. Um, at 6,300, we've seen JT Poston's ball striking has been there. He's been playing well. Uh, obviously, he's got to get through Scheffler in the first bracket, which is a large obstacle. Um, you know, my thought process around that is Scheffler's coming off a big win. He won last year. Maybe it's just one of those that – he doesn't have his full fire that he always has. And Poston's able to come through and surprise him this week. Um, with that, you know, a guy like JT Poston at 6,300 doesn't have to get all the way to the finals. If he gets out of one bracket, which wins that one matchup, that's enough. We can get our win from someone else in our group. So at 6,300, it allows us enough salary um, room to kind of go up and get somebody big time later on. So uh, ladies and gentlemen that are watching, and there's a lot of you, please hit the like button if you haven't already. This team came in saying, we have chemistry. We met before the show. <laughs> and I could have sworn that literally I think I, 120 I that seconds ago, David said, you know what? The one group I kind of want to avoid is that Sungjae group. It's just, I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. And literally, the next words out of anybody's mouth was Joel saying, hey, you know what? JT Poston. Man, that's payback. Sorry, David. Well, here's the difference, right? Like, I don't mind the JT Poston play. Like, I was very, very close to selecting, selecting him in my selections this week. The The reason being is he's 6,300 versus Sungjae. Like, you're burning, like, a fair old chunk of salary to get him. So I think that's the, the difference there for me of, like, I can very easily see JT Poston coming out and winning that group, but I've only got to pay 6,300 for that risk versus, like, splashing a bunch of cash on Sungjae at, like, 94 when I'm, like, not sure if he's going to lose to Fleetwood or McNeely or Poston. Does that make sense? 
Very clever cover of the alleged chemistry that we know does not exist. <laughs> Good answer, but you need another answer to give us, right? Because you got JT Poston, but you get another pick. So, David, let's lead with you. Well, I'm just going to chuck a couple of names to to Joel here because I'm happy with either of them. Like, I I love Cantlay in this this bracket. He's got an amazing group. Harmon's kind of a write-off. Nick Taylor, like, you know, why, why is he even here? And then KH Lee can spike. But Cantlay's got, like, a very, very clean path for me on that side. I, I really like Jordan Spieth. I think Lowry's going to be a lot tougher than people give him credit for. Um, but um, I'm fine with Spieth. Probably my lean would be Cantlay if Joel's good with that one. So let me just run something by you. I'm, I, I like Cantlay. Um, there's another g- very good golfer we've discussed that we like that we could potentially take with our next pick. But if we do that, we're going to really have to dumpster dive with our last pick. Are you okay with doing that? I think I am. I think it was it leave us. It would leave us with another 63 for our last pick. If we went, if we went Cantlay Spieth. Cantlay run. Oh, Cantlay run. Yeah. I'm okay with doing it. I think it's a good strategy at this point. Yeah, we can go. Who's it? Give us, bro. To win this, you're going to need to really get as the winner and as close as far as you can. I think we give ourselves the best shot at the guys that are going to go really far, and maybe sacrifice, you know, getting the most optimal as possible, but just getting the most points possible into our lineup. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I, I would love to give out like an optimal lineup if we can. Maybe we go speak for now and then just see what comes back for us because that gives us like an extra five hundred. Okay. All right. I'm in. Speed it is. Lock it in. Questionable chemistry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mind. I don't mind the speed play. I feel like um, I, I'm. I'm guessing people aren't playing much of him with people playing a lot of Max Homa and Patrick Canley in that quadrant, especially considering Speed's group is is uh, just a tough group to get out of, in my opinion. So I think Speed is yeah. really interesting leverage just on the quadrant as a whole. Um, all right. We're back to Smalls and Spencer. What's it going to be this time? All right, Steffi. So if you don't want to go Cameron Young on the right side there, um, I mean, we're going to have to be aware of what our salary is. But Tony Finau, I know that you had him going far. I had him advancing to a couple rounds. Since our show, I feel less confident in Finau. I actually am okay with going Cameron Young. I'm thinking birdies. I feel confident in him in that. I'm okay with going Cameron Young here. All right, so we will go Cameron Young then. Yeah, I like Cameron Young. I was actually going to suggest that to the audience. Um, it's funny. Like, I literally have it typed in here. I'm just going to take, because this happened when when Smalls stole uh, Denny from us. I said, uh, like I haven't hit Yenter yet because I wanted to wait for you guys to pick. So I'm just going to read. It. I said, I don't mind paying up for like a Burns or Young. That's how I talk, apparently, like a uh, Burns or Young and seeing where that leads us. And for the record, it would have left us with 7000 for our last two picks where I would have said, hey, let's dumpster dive with like a JT Poston type price and then get somebody in the mid 7Ks. But, you know, Sam Burns is still left on that list. I think Sam Burns is, you know, he played really well, especially on Sunday, but just last week at the Valspar, we might be seeing the old Sam Burns. And since everybody's kind of taking Cantlay and Max Homa, I, I think it's a pretty good leverage play just from a just a general tournament sa- standpoint. But I also think Burns has some some upside here. So I'm just throwing that out there. It looks like we have some nominations in of guys that are not Sam Burns, which is totally fine. 
Um, Mitchell is one of those, man, that is a tough group that Mitchell is in. I, I just don't want to take anybody in that John Rom group. I think it could be Mitchell. I think it could be Fowler. I think it could be Horschel. Corey Connors is interesting. Um, I'm not a huge on Corey. Oh, okay. We've got Ryan Fox. How much is Ryan Fox? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I can put it in 7,000. 7,000. I wish he was lower than that. Um, well, we, we properly nominated Fox, so I'm gonna, we're going to go with that. Patrick Scott and John Love. Ryan Fox is the play there, but it still leaves us. We, we have one more player to go. We could still go back to Sam Burns, or it's got to be somebody in that, that lower quadrant because Ryan Fox, I didn't even look to see if Ryan Fox was optimal, to be honest with you. And I can't find, do you guys know what, which, uh, which superstar is Ryan Fox with? He's with Zalatoris. So he's, oh, Zalatoris okay. so he's in the right like, quadrant. Um, okay, he, he keeps us optimal. Um, does anybody want to go with, okay, Ivan says Burns. Okay, let's, let's double up on Burns then. So Burns is going to be our fifth guy. Still leaves us optimal. Um, that's, that's super solid. I, again, Sam Burns, listen, this is, this is match play. Like anything can happen. And, and can Sam Burns pick up, up what he did at the Valspar, particularly on Sunday? I think the, especially in match play. I think the answer is yes. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he emerges from his group and and beats Cantlay, assuming Cantlay gets to the uh, Sweet 16. So I'm okay with that. Ryan Fox, I think, is, is an okay play. Certainly some upside there. David, I want to ask you about Ryan Fox before we go back to to Smalls and Spencer because you're kind of like the Ryan Fox guy. You've, you sort of introduced us to Ryan Fox, and you might be introducing us to Ryan Fox in the future as well, but that's just some background uh, stuff. But tell us about Ryan Fox at the match play. Yeah, look, I, I think that – one factor is um, we've had the President Cup last year, right, where I think Ryan Fox was, like, desperately unlucky not to have been on that international team. Like, if we looked at some of the players who were selected kind of ahead of him, um, I think he was probably pretty – would have been pretty correct if he did feel upset about that. I, I kind of feel Fox is, Fox is kind of like one of those guys who's just, like, so laid back that it would have been, like, waters off the duck's back for him. But um, I, I do think it's the kind of tournament where – you know, if you show up in the, the match play, you start coming into frame for President's Cups a lot more. You start coming into frame with Ryder Cups a lot more. So, you know, that might prelude um, another of our, our picks to come up. Um, a lead approach by any Brian Fox can get really, really hot with the putter as well. He's got plenty of driving distance and driving accuracy is definitely a benefit around this course. But because he's got that driving distance, he's really comfortable going with the two iron off the tee. So I don't mind that so much. And then you've got holes like 13 where Ryan Fox can very easily go and drive the green. You know, so that's going to be an advantage for him too. So I don't mind that. Um, you know, Putnam, English, Salatoris, like not exactly the most difficult group either for him. And I'm going to go yes or no. I'm going to go from the top down on Sam Burns. Joel, yes or no on Sam Burns? Yes. Uh, Spencer? Yes. Smalls? No. I love it. I I'm love like it. the anti-Sam Burns lately. We talked about this on the show. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think I had Seamus Power coming out of that group on our bracket on our show. Um, yeah. By the way, before we have your pick, again, we have a lot of people watching. They should be watching your show too. Can one of you tell us when that show is? I assume, I, I think it's Tuesdays and it's, it's in the middle of the day. I think maybe at noon, but I don't know that for a fact. Can you tell us uh, when the show is? It's Wednesdays at noon. This time may be changing. We're figuring out. But as of now, every Wednesday at noon Eastern on Champions Round YouTube. Love it. 
All right, everybody go to Champions Round YouTube, subscribe, make sure you catch that show, turn your notifications on too, because they might change the time on you. But if they do, I'm sure they're going to be tweeting it out. I'm sure everybody follows uh, Spencer and Steffi on Twitter. So uh, it's now time for your pick, by the way. You got Cameron Young, great pick in my opinion. Who's next? So we're kind of in a weird spot with salary right now and with the way that this bracket has worked out. I think from an optimal game theory route of this, so like I was telling you this yesterday, Steffi, the left side of the bracket in my numbers is about a 14% edge from what we see to the right side of the bracket. Um, For that reason, I kind of want to go once again down into that hoagie or JJ spawn sort of territory with it to where we grab two players in that range. We kind of try to take on what I think is probably the weaker groups in Fitzpatrick Hatton and Rory. Um, Obviously like the Xander group is difficult, but my numbers with it, but we could at least get two runners out of there. And then we kind of just roll with Cameron young at the top of that. Uh, That would be my preferred way to play it. I don't really know exactly what that leaves us on the left side of the bracket. I mean, I guess my first question to you would be between Tom Hoagie. Or I guess, let me ask you this between Xander's group and Fitzpatrick's group. Is there a name that you like? Let's see. I think what we do salary wise and see where it leaves us. If I'm not mistaken, you like spawn in your model. Am I incorrect? I like Hoagie and I like Spawn. Um, Spawn's pretty. Inex- is he? So essentially, if we take uh, if we take Spawn, we will have eighty four hundred left, okay. which will put us in a range where, um, I mean, it's almost we can afford. See, I'll point this out. C is giving us a hard time about chemistry on our side. But this is our strategy, just playing out in front of our eyes. We've now put we've put Spence <laughs> and Steffi in this difficult position. They don't know where to go. They're completely lost. Yes. This is our zigzag strategy, just, you know, chef's kiss just coming into to perfection right now. Okay. So, so listen, <laughs> I'm going to take back control of our group here. We, Okay. In Xander's group, why don't we just go the direction that we want to go? What would it leave us with if we do take Hoagie? We take Hoagie, we will have, I believe, 6,700, which, like, the important thing to then look at is who can we actually afford. Right. Um, so we would be able to afford Victor Perez. We would be able to afford KH Lee. So I, I guess the pick would have to be one of those two. Mm. Well, that's not very reassuring. Where if we um, took, for the record, if we took uh, Spawn, I mean, it's not much better. We'd be able to afford Kucher. I, I kind of prefer the Hoagie route, and then we swing for the fence maybe on one of those other names and hope I to agree. get lucky. Yeah, just we liked Victor fun. last week. We could just roll with how we felt last week and bring it into this week. <laughs> So spice things up. One of the people you said is definitely someone we are going to take. So hopefully you don't think. <laughs> I don't know, Steffi. What do you want to do? I don't love. I think it's hoagie. Lock it in. I'm calling a shot clock now. Let's do hoagie. We're doing okay. it. All right, Tom Hoagie. I mean, it's certainly a good pick. It seems like a great course fit. Um, not much else to say on that, except for 
Joel, was that the guy you guys were definitely going to pick? It was not. It was not. Yeah, it was not. It was not, but where it leaves us is we've already decided on our next two picks, and those are John Rahm and Victor Perez, which means that we've filled up our bracket bracket optimally the reason why we've gone that route is we're just kind of we're going to leave ram in that top right con- quadrant and just assume like his his history at this course is just elite and then he's turned into this absolute monster this year so just take ram ram in that top quarter assume he's going to win the whole thing and then in the top left we've now got poston and perez which we've got kind of two differential plays on either side of the bracket and hope one of those guys just somehow spikes and like sneaks their way through Victor Perez, if I can speak to him a little bit, he's, he's right in contention for Ryder Cup this year. So I think that's a huge motivator for him. We've seen with his two victories over the last um, 12 months, both of them have just come where he's just in the clutch moments, just hit these monster like 25, 30-foot putts um, over on the DP World Tour when he, he won in Abu Dhabi and at the, um, at the Porsche European Open. So he's um, he's definitely got huge spike potential and he's got great match play experience and he's pushing for a Ryder Cup um, hard this year as well. So I don't mind him at all coming out of um, coming out of that group there. Um, I think it's pretty open between him, Svensson, Day and, and Morikawa. And I, I will just, just have the record, Joe, that of those two picks, Ron was mine and, and Perez was David. So if, you have, if you're tracking results, I'll, I'll take credit for Ron. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great team, by the way. Like that to me, uh, right now, Joel and David uh, are the leaders in the clubhouse. I think that's a really well, I mean, obviously it's an optimal team, so that's great. But I, I really like how they built their team. And, and I like the upside for not just a couple of their studs. I mean, because I, I kind of think Sahith, and you could make the argument that Keegan could kind of, find some magic with the putter and we know the ball striking is there too. I, mean, I understand, I understand his, his uh, match play record isn't very good, but um, I think that's a great team. All right. So no pressure guys, but uh, smalls and, uh, and Spencer, you, you got one more pick to make. Has it already been decided or are we, uh, are we debating at what 6,700 left? I think there's only one. Th- I mean, I guess there's technically two things we can do, but I would like to yeah. override the one option with it because I want nothing to do with him. But I would have rather <laughs> have had Victor Perez. That would have been the optimal Me way too. for us to end this. Um, it's kind of the same thing that they were just talking about. Like, I would have liked to have had Homa just to have a clean path through and we'll use him on the bottom. Now we have to use somebody down there to make this work. Uh, the only two choices that make sense that we can even make it optimal would be K.H. Lee and Nick Taylor. And I do not want to take Nick Taylor. Like, I think he's yeah. legitimately the most unlikely person to advance of maybe anybody. And obviously now we're in a group with Cantley to where I don't love KH Lee's potential, but I mean, Lee and Taylor are in the same group together. So I don't think we have a choice. I, yeah, I'm fine with that. I think that entire group is kind of gross as a whole, but yeah, KH Lee is totally fine with me. Yeah, I mean Nick Taylor hasn't got stuck there. Nick Taylor hasn't been that bad lately. I mean, you're you're talking about him like he's like Brian Harmon. He's Nick Taylor's. He's been decent. Well, he gets he does get to play Brian Harmon, so that's quite good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are we saying that we think Nick Taylor is better than Brian Harmon? I think. The moment, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say if, the, if they're a in a matchup, I you know I I don't know what the number is gonna be. Brian Harmon's probably going to be favored, but it's going to be minimal. I'll I'll take the the plus 110 on Nick Taylor all day on, on, on that matchup. I don't want any of these guys. Can, can I give that to you right now? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay. 
uh, we'll, we'll bet. I'll, I'll Venmo you if I lose. So I, what, what are we betting? What's the amount? I don't know. You give me a number that you feel comfortable with and I'll give you plus 110. Friendly wager. Let's make it uh, let's make it 25 bucks. OK. And so plus 110 will be like, I mean, to be clear, can I, can I point out I tried this last week as well. I tried this in the Win Daily Discord chat, which if you're not in, you should be because we gave out Taylor Moore last week at, at plus 7,000. Um, but I tried this with Joel last week with um, Brian Harmon versus Wyndham Clark head to head, which he wisely did not accept. And uh, Wyndham Clark came through in, in fifth for us as, as one of our selections. Wait, wait, wait. Very nice. All right. So I think the audience has already decided because we didn't have many places to go. Um, and so one of the places we could go to, to remain optimal, we do have four on the left side and two on the right, but it is technically optimal because all of our guys can, in theory, get to uh, the grade eight. And it's going to be Taylor Montgomery, who, who, frankly, I don't mind. I've actually been fading him for quite some time, particularly in matchups. But he has kind of come on with the ball striking here and there off the tee sometimes, approach sometimes. But more importantly, it's the putter that's going to help him. And if he can marry that even with a little bit of ball striking, uh, he's live in that Spieth, Lowry, and uh, Mackenzie Hughes group. So I'm not a huge fan of playing him this week, but he does completely make sense. It keeps our lineup optimal. And uh, I expect four of these guys on our team to be in the final four. So you're welcome, everybody. Copy this lineup and you're going to win. You're going to split. Uh, thousands and thousands of dollars with all of us. There you have it. Now, one thing I do want to add with all this, one thing I've been thinking through as we talk about optimal lineups, due to pricing, there's a very high likelihood that someone has a lineup that's not optimal that can still win, right? Somebody wins just their group. They accrue points. They get a lot of birdies in that group. Um, and then they lose like the next round, but you know they have the final four and everything else. So you don't, have to totally force getting as optimal as, as possible, but you do need at least the full final four because uh, that you'll need to hit to, to be able to win. So keep that in mind. Obviously, it's it's ideal if you can be optimal, but the thought of someone getting a perfect setup is just slim to none because of the best players are priced up. And you're not going to play all of them. Just be, can, can I just add one thing to that? Points, you don't get points for birdies in this tournament. You get points for holes one. So just bear that in mind as well. Like it does come down to like who gets to play the most matches. I just want to add one thing to that. I would not build a lineup unless it was optimal. That's just my viewpoint of it. Um, I I mean, obviously, if you're, I mean, I don't think it makes sense in any capacity to it. It might work a little bit better if you're in like a really small tournament with like 10 people or something. But I think in any real structure, you have to build optimal if you want any chance to win. Fair enough. All right. There you have it. It's going to be fun. We're going to see how this turns out this week that's a wrap for the draft like we said before don't forget to give us a follow hit the like button it goes a long way we're posting the teams on twitter let us know who you think which team you think is going to win this week who you like the most we'll be recapping it next week to crown the champion as we do every week but before we let you go tonight there's no first round leader because of the format but what we can do as i pull the draft board down is we're going to give you guys each of us our favorite group pick out of the first set of groups, who we like to win and the bet value. Uh, we'll start with David on this one. David, who are you looking at in the group round? So I've got I've got two, both in the same quarter that I really like. Um, one is a player that we drafted, Victor Perez. Um, he's the the um, betting underdog in that group to come out at plus four fifty. 
um, you can get him at. I think that group's really wide open. Um, he's played very, very well at the match play before. Um, he's he's got a great record and he's he's playing out of his skin. I mean, like in twenty twenty one, he came out of a group with um, Mark Leachman, RIP, and um, Russell Henley and Sung JM. So it wasn't necessarily an easy group, and he made a decent run at it um, from there. So I, I think that him coming out of the group um, at plus 450 seems really good value. When he did make out of the group, by the way, that tournament, he beat Robert McIntyre in the first round, then he beat Sergio Garcia in the quarterfinal and then lost to eventual champion Billy Horschel in the semifinal as well. So like, those are like some pretty studs, stud names in um, terms of match play um, that he came up against, and he won, he bet all of them. So um, I, I really like that number there. And the other one would be Match Kucher on that side of the draw as well. You can get him at plus 350 to exit his group. Again, I think there's a really wide-open group. Victor Hovland has his struggles around the green and with the putter. Um, Chris Kirk and Siwoo Kim can spike on their day, but Matt Kuja's got like a really good record on this course and other correlated courses like um, RBC Heritage. Um, he's got a great record there at the TPC River Highlands. He's got a really good record as well, and those are highly correlated to this course, and his performance in the match play has been excellent as well. So I think, um, again, as the underdog of that group, there's some really good value there. I love it. I love it. Oh, right. How about you, Spence? Who are you looking at here in the group round? So I think the two long shot players that I would be considering would be JJ Spawn around plus 375 to win group 11. I also like Andrew Putnam plus 333 to win group seven. Those are two of the weakest, if not the weakest groups that I have. And then just to give a bet for tomorrow, I really like Tom Hoagie minus 120 against Aaron Wise on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like that as well. I actually gave that out on, on a different show earlier today. Love that play. And, and, and while we're at it, because I don't want to forget to do this, I like that one. I, I think I'm going to take uh, Will Zalatoris minus 136 over Andrew Putnam as well tomorrow. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll go ahead and give my plays. I have two group plays I like a lot. One's a, a long shot. One's the favorite. I'll start with my favorite. I like Terrell Hyden. I just think he has a weak group. Um, he's playing really well. He's in good form. He's good in this match play format. Give me plus 130 in a group of guys. I just don't see who else can really come out of there. Um, and then my long shot at, at plus 300, I like Adam Hadwin. Now, you guys might be saying, I know, Joel, you draft Adam Hadwin every week. You're obsessed with Adam Hadwin. <laughs> Not the case, really. I promise you. I really think it's really just the value here this week. Um, you know, Sam Burns, is he looked good last week, but that's his course. Uh, he hasn't really been playing the best golf, you know, that we've seen from Brent, Sam Burns as of recently. Other than that, you know, this is a very you know, wide open group. I think all these guys are pretty evenly matched. You get the plus 300 number on Adam Hadwin, who is probably in the best form we've seen from him in some time. Um, I think you're just getting a really good number on that one. So those are mine. We'll go to you, Seth. Do you have any group plays this week or for tomorrow? Yes. My plays were in the same groups as you, but they're different. So all now right. I'm going to go a different direction. Um I'm going to ride with Denny McCarthy out of group three, and I am going to go back to group 14. If there was a dark horse out of that group, if we're going to fade the public a little bit here, I actually think Ben Griffin and his short game could potentially be a threat to come out of this group. Where he goes from there, I don't know, Um, but I like him. What is he sitting at? Let's see. It's a big number, that's for sure. Plus 350 to come out of that group. Don't hate it. Um, and then Seamus Power would be the other one that I come at. Um, but yeah, 
Give me Russell Henley to come out of group 14 at plus 275. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> well, we're all in agreement on that one. Uh, all right. Yeah, who are you looking at here for the group stage? Yeah, I'll take what I think is it, – it's not a layup, but I think it's close. I'm going to go with Max Homa plus 160. I just don't fear this group. I think Justin Suh is good. I just don't think he's good enough to beat Max Homa. And I just don't know where Decky is. Yes, of course, Decky could beat Max Homa, but I just love where Max Homa's game at is at relative to Decky. And there's Kevin Kisner, great at match play, but he's been all over the place over the last few months, and I just have no faith that he's going to beat a guy like Max Homa. So I think plus 160 is a very fair number in that group play matchup. Okay, wait, let, let me say something really quickly. If Kevin Kisner wins that group, I am giving this right now. I will draft five players on the show next week instead of six. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. He's not winning. That's fair. That's for totally him, fair. it's not just a hobby. So I've heard of, I've heard that before. Um, hey, Joe, right. One thing I want to mention is that um, Patrick Scott and John Love brought up in the chat because I, I put in the chat before we took Taylor Montgomery that we were kind of cornered into taking Taylor Montgomery just from an optimal build standpoint. Well, that wasn't true because if we had dropped down to 6,600, Cam Davis was there at 6,600 and he would have fit that optimal build. And just for the record, I didn't, I didn't see that. And I didn't consider him when I, when I thought we were kind of boxed in, but I also think he's an interesting contrarian play because mm -hmm. we saw him flash a little bit last week. He had reported to, to everybody. We didn't know that he was really sick and that that could maybe explain some of the issues Cam Davis was having. So if we see that game sort of popping back last week, it, it's possible we could see just a natural progression of the old Cam Davis that reveals itself this week. So I think he's a very interesting play. I'm glad uh, John and uh, Patrick brought him up. And one more thing, Joel, normally, and we'll just do this for like maybe two questions. Steffi Smalls, normally we ask our guests like random questions in the middle of them deliberating uh, whatever pick they're going to make. We didn't get to ask that. So, so let me just ask you real quick, right? Like quick, rapid fire, first things that come to mind. Um, right. Top two movies of all time or that, that you'd watch tomorrow. Just two movies you, you just love. Uh, Princess Bride and uh, Four vs. Ferrari. Wow. I've never even heard of Four vs. Ferrari. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Princess Bride's a great movie. Um, musical artist, top two. Biggie, Smalls, and Halsey. Oh, interesting. Halsey's inter an interesting mm -hmm. choice there. Okay. Yes. Pineapple on pizza, bit. yes or no? No. I mean, it's edible. <laughs> yeah, no, technically it's edible. Okay, it's so do, you, do you guys realize that every single person has gotten that Everyone. answer correctly? And we've asked yeah. like six or seven guests at this point. Yeah. Oh, the tribe has spoken. That Steffi, those were all correct answers. Uh, good job. Sweet. You passed the Thank test. God. Yeah. I was a little nervous. You can come back onto the show anytime. If you if you'd gotten the pineapple on pizza thing wrong, um, that honestly, we wouldn't have been able to invite you. It's in our bylaws. We can't invite people back on the show if they get that one wrong. So, Joel, I think that is it. That's finally it. Sorry about that. Well, before we do leave, Steffi, big, big, big thank you for coming on and drafting with us tonight. Your insight was great. It was a lot of fun having you draft with us. Love to have you back on again one day. Uh, that's a wrap for tonight, unless I'm forgetting anything. See, did I forget something? Yes. Uh, small reminder. Uh, tell us, uh, Smalls, tell us the name of the show you do with Spencer. Uh, and we, we know the time might shift. It might not. But tell us the name of that yes. show again so we know to watch it next week. Yes, the name of the show is Match Play. You can find it on Champions Round YouTube. Obviously, you can find the two of us on Twitter and see us tweeting it out. 12 p.m. Eastern, 
may, may change, but next week you can find us there at that time. And we can also find the match play group at the bottom of the PGA Draftcast leaderboard after match play, because it's obviously going to be the audience and myself in first place, Joel and David in second place, and team <laughs> match play in third place. I, Joel, I, I guess there's only one thing left to do. Smalls, do you know how we close shows? I don't know. Wrong. Don't know. Sports. <laughs>